Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. Our podcast and radio show explore the world's cultural landscape. We engage at the intersection of digital media, sound art, and social practice to spark conversations about contemporary art, film, and architecture. Today, we take you to Brazil for a conversation about the 33rd Sao Paulo Biennial. In 2016, political tensions color our first encounter with this storied exhibition. Local artists protesting their president's impeachment interrupt the press preview. Two years later, the biennial opens with eulogies to a revered cultural institution. Overnight, a fire had completely destroyed the country's national museum in Rio de Janeiro. At the inaugural event, curator Gabriel Perez Barreiro is among those to mourn this enormous loss. Before introducing the biennial, he titled Effective Affinities. We're about to experience firsthand the radical change that he made in the biennial's format. Rather than materialize a sweeping socio-political statement or explore any overarching theme, Perez Barreiro invited seven artists to curate individual shows alongside 12 solo projects that he curated. The artists' anointed curators had complete freedom to create their projects. The only requirement was that they include their own art. There's a lot of breathing room around the art on view. The pavilion is one of the magnificent buildings that Oscar Niemeyer designed for Ibirapuera Park. From some angles, the architecture seems to eclipse the biennial. Before we sit down with Perez Barrero to talk about his curatorial philosophy, we seek out three of the artists he invited to become curators. We want to know more about their affinities. What do they think influenced his decision to work with them? At the entrance to Claudia Fontes' exhibition, a 10-channel soundscape titled Ex Situ by Sebastian Castagna invites us to step out of the pavilion into a twilight forest. In fact, the sights and sounds come from inside and outside this building. The space itself works as a looking device, capturing and projecting images in real time. Ex situ is the first sign that the Argentina-born artist-curator intends to give us an expanded sense of time. Fontes' exhibition, The Slow Bird, connects visual art, literature, and translation in ways that make us pause to reflect. I suppose the affinities had to do with um, he is really focused on attention. What does it mean to pay attention and to pay attention to an artwork? and what does it bring to us as human beings. I was interested in that as well, so I, without knowing that was his interest, I offered him a, a text that I had found about the evolutionary function of art in human beings and uh, why we develop this capacity of making art. What does it mean in evolutionary terms for our species? 
And apparently, I mean, the definition I found that is very interesting is by this literature critic called Brian Boyd. He says, art is a function of uh, adaptability in our species to create, uh, to pay attention collectively to things that matter for us to survive as a society. And that fosters two vital um, capacities, which is imagination, and creativity and social cohesion. So when I told him that, obviously it had a lot to do with his ideas for the biennial and that's how we found the affinity. Tal Isaac Haddad choreographs Recital pour un masseur, a hypnotic healing performance involving masseur and singers that takes place every day at the center of Brazilian Sofia Borges' multi-chambered exhibition. Haddad proposes to extend our capacity for listening by redefining the relationship between the body and the voice. The infinite history of things, or the end of the tragedy of one, is Borges' second curatorial project, you can get lost in the world she creates here. At the time of the opening, 200 artworks are on display in spaces connected by a heavy curtained pathway spanning more than 2,000 square meters. The exhibition will expand and evolve over time. I think it's the affinity that uh, it's when I did my first show as curator, I asked it, I begged for the help of my friend artists to help me to solve the unsolvable problem that I realized when I went to prehistorical caves, I looked at the walls and I realized that to the problem I was trying to solve, there was no solution. That is the problem of existing. So when I realized that, I understood that this was bigger than me, that I needed the help of my friends first to do a bigger, deeper investigation on that. It was when I did my first show as curator. It was very experimental. It was a happening of 10 days ongoing. It was quite metaphysical investigation. And when I finished on the 10th day, I finished that exhibition knowing the next one would be a tragedy. And here we are. To enter artist Mam Diara Nyang's sacred space, we are kindly asked to take off our shoes. Inside the luminescent landscape of the project she titled 1111, we experience the infinite possibilities of the artist's own physical and psychical past, present, and future. Nyang is one of the five women that Nigeria-born Wuru Natasha Agunji invites to participate in her biennial exhibition. Ogunji's Always Never is an island experience. Moving from one installation to the next, we explore individual histories and cultural territories. We just had some great conversations at the beginning, even before he invited me when I showed him my work, my drawings, and also my performance work. And I think we have this sense of art being really about this process of discovery and curiosity that artists have rather than what sometimes we see in biennials in particular is sort of this 
cult of celebrity and this sense of publicity and having to um, make a lot of about things. But I think we really connected in this visceral way about just simple appreciation of what it means to be a maker and what it means to consider things and the slowness of that, the care of that, and what that offers for the audience. The artists in my island are all making work in response to space and sight. So either the physical space of the biennial, the floor, the columns, thinking about the sunlight and the way people interact in the space, or thinking about the space of history, the history of Brazil, the history of black and indigenous people in this country. Um, there's also an artist who's thinking about kind of inner space, so a person's um, spiritual space, individual space, and how that, what that looks like in an external space. My area is called Sempre Nunca, Always Never, which has a lot of meanings, but it started with this idea that some artists always see the thing that they're going to make first, and then they create it, and some artists never see the thing first. So it's a process of not knowing, exploring, and having the work take us to different places. <laughs> One of the artists featured in the 12 solo projects that Perez Barreiro curates Tamar Guimarães takes us behind the scenes of a film in her new work titled The Rehearsal. Guimarães collaborates on her films. She invites her team and a cast of non-professional actors to help script the screenplays. On screen, they speculate on the mortal danger of laying down in a stage coffin. With Pérez Barrero, we step into one of the specially designed gathering places within the pavilion. We want to learn more about how he intends to optimize our experience of art in this unconventional biennial. Let's talk about Effective Affinities, which is the title you chose. And I love the two references, Wolfgang von Goethe, Elective Affinities, reflects the conflict he felt between his respect for the conventions of marriage and the possibility of spontaneous passion. That's <laughs> yeah. one description. I love that. Uh -huh. So how did that inspire you? So what happened is when I was invited to do this edition, you know, I, I'm a natural grump and I, I really dislike big thematic group exhibitions, which is what most biennials in the world are. So the idea that you pick something in the world and you just bring together a bunch of artists to talk about that issue, I think at its worst that can instrumentalize the art. You know, you're only picking something because it deals with X subject, you know, independently of how interesting an artwork it is. I think for the viewer, it can, it can sometimes be very preachy. I think it can be very tiring, particularly in a building of this size, 25,000 square meters, to see one exhibition sort of making the same point again and again. To me, feels a little tedious. I knew that I did not want to do a big thematic exhibition, but I did want a title for it, and I wanted something to talk about the sort of system, or let's say the software behind this. And so this idea of elective affinities, which is the title of, a, of Goethe's novel from 1809, where he draws a really interesting comparison between what happens with molecules and chemicals and what happens with human relationships. So, you know, oil and water will repel, you know, and certain people will come together and certain people will come apart. It doesn't matter what moral structure you put on top of that, that happens, you know, the world happens. So I, I love that idea. I think it's very appropriate for art too. And then Mario Pedrosa, who was a great Brazilian art critic, philosopher, political activist of the 20th century, wrote a very important text called On the Effective Nature of the Form in the Work of Art. And he talks a lot about this idea of how a viewer and 
constructs meaning through a contact with visual art, based in visual psychology, how that conversation happens. And that text was fundamental for the development of Brazilian art. So both of them to me seem to be ideas that really put sort of the emphasis back on the viewer, back on the spectator. They're very humanist ways of thinking about art. You don't start with some sort of meta discourse and then go and illustrate it. You start from the bottom and you construct meaning. So the whole structure of the biennial really tries to do that by bringing in artists as curators, by creating different exhibitions throughout the space. This negative space between the exhibitions I think is hugely important so that you have a chance to think about what you've just seen before you prepare yourself for a very different experience. You chose a set of individual projects. Are we meant to find a thread between those? Are they all individually projects with artists with whom you have an affinity? That's the thread. So I definitely did not look for a thematic connection. You know, they are presented each one very separately and for very different reasons. Three of them are posthumous tributes to artists who passed away in the 1990s very young. So Luciano Gueira, a Brazilian artist who worked mostly in England, Feliciano Centurion, an artist from Paraguay, worked in Buenos Aires, and Aníbal López, a conceptual artist from Guatemala. I think that body of work is so important, it's so vital, it's so interesting and rich, and they're invisible, people haven't heard of them. So I think the Biennial is a great chance to bring some under-recognized, significant, they're like mini retrospectives, you know, I really want to bring these names back into the conversation. The other cases were cases of new commissions. By choosing less artists and not packing the pavilion, you know, you can also dedicate a little more resources to each artist, and that to me was important. You can also spend more time talking with them, you can spend more attention with them. Uh, so there's a broad range from a massive amethyst and crystal installation by Denis Milan, who's an artist from Sao Paulo, to a video by Tamar Guimarães, a Brazilian artist who lives in Copenhagen. There's a great diversity between them, and that's exactly what I was looking for. I, I didn't want to pretend to define what contemporary art is today. It's many, many different things, and I let myself be guided by my own affinities. So you have seven artists you invited to become curators. Some had experience curating before, but I love that quote from Pedrosa about the importance of freedom, the experimental exercise of freedom, and I think that's what you gave to these artists. I would love to think that's the case because that's true. I mean, the curators were given absolute freedom to choose whatever artists they chose, they could choose whatever exhibition design. And what I love about now seeing the results, the exhibitions opening now, is that we have almost seven different methodologies of curating in this biennial. We have some curators like Wuro Gunji who picked six artists you wanted to work with. They came to the space and they they just worked from the ground up all very collaboratively. Or on the other end of the spectrum, Valtercio Caldas or Mama Anderson, picking mostly historical works, very specific works that they wanted to create dialogues with, and then many, many things in between. So that idea of freedom is extremely important. And then the idea of experiment. You know, Goethe was also a scientist. And the idea of an experiment, meaning that you set the terms, you set a certain set of conditions, and then you watch what happens. So for the last year and a half, I watched these curators develop their exhibitions. They brought in artists I'd never heard of. They put them in conversations I would never have thought of. And you know, today we see the results of that. So so I, I like that more open-ended, truly sort of experimental model in which you create conditions and then you observe and, you, and you're committed to that experimental process. And are you liking the outcome? 
I'm delighted with the outcome. I mean, honestly, I think there's seven better shows than I could ever have done. I think that the artist has a certain freedom and a certain audaciousness. I mean, I'm an art historian, so I tend to automatically think of art in sequences, in groups, in certain ways. Mama Anderson puts a Henry Darger work from the early 20th century together with a sound piece by Jake Hordul, who was a Swedish sound artist of the 1970s, together with Russian icons from the 15th century. I think it's just extremely exciting and stimulating to see those works together. And it takes an artist to bring those things together and not be afraid of doing so. Is there anything else you would like for people to remember about this biennial? I really hope to just question a little bit this there's a certain sort of automatism to how we think about biennials, you know, so you choose a curator, the curator chooses a theme, and there's often it's the same list of artists who kind of go from one event to the other. So I think if we've managed to just question that a little bit and show that, you know, you can try out various different things and you can bring some unexpected conversations, um, and also that the viewer is free to build their own effective affinities. You know, I don't expect or even want people to react the same way to every part of this exhibition. I think there's going to be things that some people will like, others will like less, they'll feel attracted to this and not to that and I think it's important to sort of authorize that and say that's okay we all do that it's not a single event in which everything is even you know art is all about choice it is about affinity it is about affect uh, and so I hope to bring that to the center of this project this is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. In the 33rd Sao Paulo Biennial, curator Gabriel Perez Barreiro challenges the biennial norm by inviting seven artists to curate their own exhibitions. Likewise, the 12 solo projects that he curated suggest we look closely at individual creative practices purposefully choosing not to direct our gaze. This biennial allows us to experience art on our own terms, to explore freely, to come to our own conclusions, by paying attention. Biennial programming builds on this notion, reaffirming the power of art in a free audio guide, a digital publication that proposes viewing exercises, and an international public symposium. The three-day event brings together artists, scientists, critics, writers, and scholars for a deep dive into one of the major issues of our time. Attention. Who controls it, why, and how are just a few of the questions to be considered. To learn more about this exhibition and hear other episodes on contemporary art biennials, Visit FreshArtInternational.com. We invite you to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you go to listen. To support our stories, visit FreshArtInternational.com and click the red support button. The John S. and James L. Knight Foundation will match every dollar you give. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more contemporary art talk.